Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing and gift of this day. Thank you for this opportunity which you have given us to gather together and to worship you, to praise your name, and to give you glory. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us today, that you would open and prepare our hearts to receive you, that you would give us the words to share your good news with others. Lord, and we pray that you would ignite a fire in our hearts, a fire of passion for you, and a desire to follow you wherever you might lead us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is great to see you all today. Well, I brought with me this little set of bolt cutters. Aren't these cool? I love bolt cutters, man. They're like the mechanical action of that, like, that hinge and that articulation. I love that. Isn't that they're great, aren't they? Such a simple tool and yet so powerful, right? Because what can you do with bolt cutters? <coughs> Cut bolts, exactly. And I love it that they have a simple name. They're not called like Watusis or something like that, you know? Right? Bolt cutters. You know exactly what they do. Now, bolt cutters, they're kind of just, I mean, they just do what they're told to do, right? Or what they're made to do. And so they can be used for really good purposes, right? Like what? Cutting bolts, right? Or they can be used for bad purposes, right? Like cutting locks, right? It all depends on on the people on the other side of it and what they want to happen, right? Either you're like, want to be freed, and so cutting a bolt is a great thing, or you want to be kept safe, and cutting a lock is not a good thing, right? The bolt cutters, they themselves, they're coming or they're being used really doesn't make a difference. It's the intent of that and what the purpose is and how people will receive it that makes all the difference in the world. Well, we now stand at the uh, end of Advent. It's our fourth Sunday in Advent. And Advent, as you all know, is a time of waiting, a time of watching, a time of preparation for the coming of the King, the coming of our Deliverer, our Shepherd. And it would serve us well to hear the words of Micah, who prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the King. Now, Micah lived in the 8th century B.C., which was a long time ago. Kids, that was before the Internet, before cell phones, right? Even before video games. It was this, a dark time, right? long time ago. And Micah lived in this place that was in the lowlands, about 22 miles southwest of Jerusalem. And he was given inspiration by the Lord to proclaim and record the Lord's words to the people of Jerusalem and Samaria. These two cities were the capitals of the divided nation of Israel. Remember, under King David and King Solomon, Israel was one nation, right? It all was one country. And then after them, it split into two. And you had the northern kingdom, which was called Israel. They took the name. And their capital city was Samaria. The southern kingdom was called Judah. And its capital city was? Jerusalem. Well done, A for the day. That's right, Jerusalem and Samaria, the two capital cities, that's the message Micah was proclaiming was for those cities. And his words take the form of a lawsuit. So if you're a lawyer, you will feel very comfortable today with Micah. If you're not, you'll feel terrified. It begins with a warning. God is coming. God is coming. Much like when uh, us parents say upstairs, like holler to upstairs, don't make me come up there, I'm coming up there. Right, I hear you. I hear you doing what you're not supposed to be doing. It's coming, right? Wait till your father comes home, right? 
Yeah, that kind of warning, except for it's not coming from downstairs, upstairs. It's coming from upstairs, down. Right? The warning is coming. God is coming. And he's going to set things straight. He is going to sort things out. And he is going to judge and bring about justice. In the first chapter of the book of Micah, which we don't have right before us, um, I'll read it for you. We are told, Hear you peoples, all of you, listen to earth and all that is in it, and let the Lord God be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For lo, the Lord is coming out of his place, and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. Then the mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will burst open like wax near the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. Sounds pleasant, huh? You can see that power of God as he comes. Right? The earth will be changed just by his presence. This coming of God will bring judgment to the people in the divided kingdom of Israel because they've forgotten the Lord. They have given up on justice. They have rejected the word of God given them through the prophets. Otherwise, they did a lot of nice stuff. Right, aside from totally abandoning God, doing all kinds of wrong things, and not listening to any call to change their behavior. Their sins had cut them off from God, and so the Lord was coming to establish justice. Remember the charter of Israel, right? Remember how it was formed. It was supposed to be God's people, and he would be their God, right? And their living in this world was going to reveal the Lord to the nations, It was going to show, they were going to show the whole world who God was by the way they cared for each other, by the way they cared for people on the outside, by the way they loved, by the way they forgave, by the justice that they lived under. And so when they weren't doing that, they weren't revealing the true God. The nations couldn't look at Israel and see God anymore. Instead, they looked at Israel and saw junk. Right? They saw the same stuff that they were dealing with in their own nations. They didn't see any hope. No future in that. Just death and destruction. So Israel and Judah were called out by God. Called out for their brokenness. And he wanted to come and make it right. Now Micah can be divided up into three sections, right? And those sections each begin with judgment and end with mercy. Our passage comes from the middle section of the the judgment of mercy. And in our lesson, we hear through Micah the hope that God would carry out. In our first chapter that I read to you, we have the warning of God's coming in power. Yet here in Micah, this same coming of God would bring hope as well. For from Bethlehem shall come the one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old from ancient days. So someone is coming who fulfills an old promise, a hope long expected. This verse can, and we understand this verse, to refer to an eternal one, someone who is before time. This one shall come and shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. This coming one will be the shepherd watching over his flock. This harkens back to that great shepherd king who wasn't super great, um, King David, right? That shepherd king who cared for and was strong in his nation, but also cared for the little lambs, right? Cared for the little ones. This one would be strong to defend them 
and would offer them hope. And our passage ends with, They shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. This was a wonderful promise. But it was all the more wonderful because this promise came after the message of judgment. Judgment wasn't the end. There was going to be judgment on the nation because of their sins. There was going to be condemnation. But God, in his grace, was going to set things right as well. The way he ended up doing it was more wonderful than anyone expected. Because he did come down, this shepherd king, the Lord Almighty. He did come and he did set things right by offering his life on the cross. Because the shepherd king who we have seen was also the Lamb of God, both the judge and the sacrifice. Jesus, the one whose origin is from of old, from ancient of days, did come and judge and through his death forgive all those who would receive his reign. His salvation is free to all who will submit to his authority. For those who in humility will receive him as Lord, he will be a shepherd. And he will care for his sheep. And as prophesied in Micah, he will bring peace. So where does that leave us? Well, I think that leaves us with a challenge and a question, right? The challenge is that Jesus Christ is coming back. And like the bolt cutters, right? His return is both good news and bad. It depends on what side you're on, right? If you've been waiting for him to come... If you've been waiting for him to return and to set you free, that is good news, for he will come and do that. If you have been living your life hoping he never does come back, hoping there is no God, desirous that he would never have anything to do with your life, that is hard news, for he will come. And he will set things right. And he will judge between righteousness and sin. And he will free the oppressed and judge the oppressor. And the only way to prepare is not through going out and doing super good stuff, right? It's not through going out and, like, um, scrubbing bunions or whatever you do, right, to be trying, like, make up with people. The only way to prepare for him to return is through confessing to him the fact that we are broken people. We are people who have fallen short of what he has called us to do. We are like the nation of Israel called to follow and worship God, and yet continually falling short. And when we confess to him, when we turn over our lives to him, he sets us free, and he forgives us, and he reconciles us to him. After the first service, I had somebody come up to me during uh, fellowship time and tell me a story about bolt cutters. She said that her good, uh, a friend of hers um, was a hoarder, right, was a hoarder, and she had set up her house, and there was stuff piled up to shoulder high all throughout the house, and she had locked herself in there because she was afraid of people taking her things, and she had created a prison for herself. Unfortunately, one night, fire broke out, and she wasn't able to get out, and the firemen had to come, and they used bolt cutters to cut through the fence, cut and break down the door to get inside. But unfortunately, it was too late by the time they arrived. 
and she had perished in the fire. Our hope is in a God who, like those firemen, will break down the walls to get to us. And may we, while there is still time, call for his help. Because the reality is, is we're like that hoarder lady, right? We've made ourselves a prison. We've made ourselves a place that we cannot escape. We have created a house in which we are locked up, surrounded by our junk in our lives. And as much as we might hate it, we can't get rid of it or deal with it. There just isn't a dumpster big enough to hold all that stuff. And we are not strong enough to move it on our own. We depend upon a Lord who can come and break down the wall and who can come and rescue us from our own prison. Today, this last Sunday in Advent, may we seize this opportunity to call for help. May we call for our Lord Jesus Christ so that he can free us from our prison and deliver us to life eternal. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you have given us this opportunity today to turn to you and to confess to you our need for you. Lord, we are people who are so full of mixed motives. Lord, we seek to do good and yet do so much wrong, even as we seek to do the good. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the ways we have fallen short of your righteousness, Lord. Forgive us for the ways we have failed as a church, the ways we have failed as individuals. Lord, we confess to you our need, our need for your grace and mercy. And we pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us, that you would set us free from this prison we have created, and that you would send us out into this world as freed and delivered people, Lord, proclaiming your mercy and your love, rejoicing that you have set us free from an oppression we did not know how to escape from on our own. And we pray, Lord God, that you would give us your words of hope to share with others, that they might be freed from their prison as well. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.